It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome into the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 5-4 to four to the Boston Bruins. Fall to 33-20-7. and seven. 73 points on the year. Next in action Saturday, 4 o'clock in Buffalo against the Sabres. To help us break this one down, we go back up to the radio booth, bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And you know what, Dan, when you look at this game, no moral victories in the National Hockey League, but after how it started, certainly a 3 nothing hole after the first period, you have to like the way that the Golden Knights battled back in this one. Yeah, I mean, you said it, Ryan. I mean, if they battle back and lose in overtime or lose in a shootout, okay. Uh, you like to get a point on the road against one of the best teams in the sport, and that didn't happen. That power play goal, especially because it came from an unlikely source. Mm. No disrespect to Mason Lorai, but you know, he's a rookie. He never scored a power play goal. If somebody's going to score in the power play, you're thinking, you know, Pasternak or Marchand or, you know, one of those guys. That's not what happened. The Knights had killed off that portion of the power play. The second unit came on. And then you look at the type of goal that it was. It looked like Hill was squared to it, and for whatever reason, it couldn't make the save. So, uh, as Gary pointed out, that's not a goal that Hill will be happy with. And as it turns out to be the game-winning goal, and he gives up five. You know, that's not a typical Aiden Hill type, uh, type of scoring line. Um, he has been very good, which is not to say he had a terrible game, but, mm. you know, you, you always think about that deciding goal. So, uh, you know, Gary said, you know, he's not one for moral victories. I am certainly not one for moral victories. <laughs> I'd imagine there are some pretty grumpy people in that room right now, not because they played poorly and they're not happy with, you know, how they came out and they laid an egg as they have a couple of times in recent memory. No, it's because there was a point for the taking here. And, and yeah. if I were in that room, I'd, I'd be quite displeased that the team did not secure at least one point. Yeah, and, and, and I think that's kind of, again, it's a credit to the team for getting themselves into that position. But the fact of the matter is, uh, this one feels like one that, that slipped away from them as yeah. well. Now, when you look at the game as a whole, obviously Vegas got to their structure a, a lot more in the second period. We have seen at times starts be an issue for Vegas. Why are they able to find their game in the second period, but not necessarily get to it quicker in the first period when things are getting a little helter-skelter? Yeah, you know, there, there could be a variety of reasons to explain that, Ryan, and it you know, could be different things in different games. But I'll paint with a broad stroke here mm -hmm. and, and say that with the Knights personnel available right now, it's not so much that any one or any couple or any few of the guys are not NHL capable, but there are some who are playing in roles that they're not accustomed to. The minutes that they're getting, the matchups that they're getting are not what they're what they should be getting. Mm. Uh, again, not to disrespect anybody in the lineup, but you know, Keegan Colasar has been the fourth line right wing for his entire time with the Golden Knights. He's not on the fourth line right wing. He's on the third line right wing. Matchups are different. The minutes are different. The situations are different. The expectations have to be different. And, you know, it's similar for Paul Cotter. And, you know, some, you know, he hasn't played with Kolasar in, in that group. You know, Watt gets promoted, plays with uh, Marcia So and Barbashev, and, and really excelled in that role. Not everybody can do what Watt did there. Yeah. And uh, even though that line, Watt got two points today, Cotter scores a goal today. There's a lot more that goes into it than that at both ends of the ice. And that's just the, the trickle down effect. You know, it's not to pin blame on anyone, it's just the fact of the matter that with certain players unavailable, other guys are expected not just 
you know, play, but also play more and in different situations. And I think that when you add all of that up, uh, it, it from time to time can bite you. And I think that at times some of these starts have been the result, the trickle down of that. So you look at today's game for the Vegas Golden Knights, one power play loses them momentum. And then the second power play unable to score to, to kind of rescue that point late in the third I know we've asked this question multiple times. It, it, maybe it's a different question now because of the players that are out of the lineup, but how do the Golden Knights get more out of the power play? Yeah, unfortunately, Ryan, the simplest answer is probably they need to score on the power play <laughs> because they, they look tentative, they look unsure. Mm. It's, it's almost as if uh, they are not expecting to score. They're expecting uh, for something to, to go wrong and you know it's, you know whether you believe you can or believe you can't you're right it's, it's almost yes. that sort of a mindset right now with this with this group mm -hmm. um, you know it, and it just gets in your head of course there are plenty of guys still in the lineup who ought to be able to produce on the power play it just has not happened and then it just gets into your mind and you're thinking about gee we got to score on this one we got to score on this one guys and then you're you know you overthink it you grip your stick too tight you know Marcia so with the, the three on one was not on a power play but you're also thinking about those situations hey we've got a score here on this power play we've got a score here on this breakaway and um and, and those things seem to be cramping them a bit and then you know when you're on the penalty kill you're not expecting to score and then they score right so like it's it's almost <laughs> like they're in that mode right now and, th and that happens you know it's from game to game it's not like it's going to be you know a, a bad mark on the rest of the season you know things will change here but they're they're in that right now all right last one for me um you got Buffalo on Saturday. Jack Eichel, he was in a regular sweater this morning. Then again, morning skates are non-contact. What would it mean, obviously, for Jack, but, but for the Vegas Golden Knights, if they're able to get him back, not just Saturday in Buffalo, but at any point on this road trip? Right. I, I think is in a way that Shea Theodore's return was a boost, mm -hmm. not only in his play, but in the uh, – the psyche, just the, the moral boost of getting a teammate back. Guys, just like uh, anybody else, you want your friends, colleagues to do well. And I think that uh, given what Jack is, is meant to this organization, you want to see him get back in and do well, especially given the, the environment. If it is, in fact, against Buffalo, we have no idea. Obviously, I don't think that Jack even knows himself right now if he can go. Uh, that would be great. But then, as we talked about earlier, just a trickle down. You know, Jack Eichel returns. Great to have him and his contributions. But it also means that somebody else then returns to his appropriate spot in the lineup. And that trickle down ought to have uh, an effect that helps the entire lineup, not strictly Jack as uh, in and of himself, but as some of the parts. All right, Dan, any final thoughts on this one before we turn our attention to Saturday night? Well, since I got a couple of tweets, I will say that uh, dinner in the North End at Strega was excellent. And while there are some great restaurants in Las Vegas, excellent Italian restaurants, I will say personally, I love Ferraro's. Big fan. Lots of other great ones, but I have to mention Ferraro's. But here in the North End of Boston, it uh, North End is about as good as it gets. And we had a great time at uh, Strega last night. Fantastic stuff. Uh, Dan, enjoy the rest of your night, and we'll chat on Saturday. Thanks, Ryan. Good night. That is the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva, helping us break down a 5-4 loss in regulation to the Boston Bruins. We're back with more on the VGK Postgame Show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network.
We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. The Dollar Loan Center welcomes the Big West Basketball Championships back to Henderson this March. The third year in a row, the conference's basketball champions will be crowned in the Valley. Check out thedollarloancenter.com for schedules and more information on the event set for March 13th to the 16th. It's the VGK postgame show. The Golden Knights fall 5-4 to four in regulation to the Boston Bruins. The in regulation is really the tough part of, of this equation for the Vegas Golden Knights, down 3 nothing after the first period. The ability to battle back in this one would have felt much better had Vegas secured a point. They were right there. They really were. It's penalty late in the in the third period by Sheldon Rempel, and you're able to get the top unit of the Boston Bruins off the ice. You're feeling like you're right there. You're going to be able to kill it off. And unfortunately for the Golden Knights, they're unable to get that one across the goal line, and it costs them not just a point in this game, but potentially two points. The momentum for the Vegas Golden Knights in the third period was right there. The post-game injury report is brought to you by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. As we've mentioned multiple times, Jack Eichel is on the trip and perhaps is an option for Saturday. Let's hear from Bruce Cassidy. I expected it to be a close game. I didn't expect it to be 5-4, probably. I thought it would be a lower-scoring game, but you never know in this league from night to night. Um, that's how it turned out. What was the biggest adjustment between the first period and the second period, the way you guys started out? <laughs> Well, we didn't win very many races or battles for pucks in the uh, first period. So, you know, we got a little, we changed our forecheck a little, just decided to get a little more aggressive uh, all over the ice and see if we get back in the game. And, um, you know, it, it allowed us to, at least we were then forced to skate if we were going to, you know, make that adjustment. And we did, and we got some pucks back. And I think it's pretty common for a team when they, get ahead, the other team's going to have a push, right? No matter who's building or anyone, it's two good teams. So um, our guys got a lot of pride, and um, and it showed, and we got better and uh, got ourselves back in the game. When the dust settles, will you be able to focus on the encouragement of the response that they showed? I'm not into moral victories, to be honest with you. I think we're, our team is way too far along for, for that stuff. I think there's always pockets of good. <laughs> Ashley, we take no matter what, win or lose. And we, you know, we emphasize those. And the stuff we need to get better at, um, you know, tonight was obviously our urgency at the start, our urgency on the power play. And for some of the younger guys, just being in those moments, those tight games against a good team on the road in the third period, how you have to change your game a little bit and, you know, manage your game. Um, but that's a bit of a learning curve. We've got some young guys in the lineup or... or young or, or guys that haven't had a lot of NHL experience in these situations. So, And I, I think they've got to be able to just settle down and play and make good decisions. So there's a little bit of that that happened in the third, but uh, we'll look at it everything. Thank you. That was head coach Bruce Cassidy as he addressed the media after tonight's 5-4 loss in Boston to the Bruins. As we mentioned with the post-game injury report, Jack Eichel on the trip in a red non-contact jersey the last couple of days. Today, took the ice, morning skate, regular sweater. There's no contact. Bruce Cassidy said that, you know, the main the main op the, the main thing you gotta get through now if you're you're Jack Eichel is you gotta take some hits, right? You gotta take some contact, see how your body responds, see how you feel before you know if you're ready to get into game action. So if the Golden Knights practice tomorrow, I think it's a safe assumption that 
Jack Eichel will be a participant in that practice. If he's a participant, a full participant in a non-contact jersey, then maybe just maybe he's able to go on Saturday. If not Saturday, you know, if you get Jack back on this road trip or shortly thereafter, it gives you a little bit more calm heading into the trade deadline and, and really the the final 20 games or so of the regular season. It has been a long time that the Golden Knights have played without Jack Eichel, January 11th, last game at home against Boston. You've had long stretches throughout this season where you've had key players out of the lineup. It becomes more and more difficult to kind of find that next man up mentality. But for the Golden Knights, if you get Jack Eichel back in the fold, that would be a big boon for Vegas. All right, let's take a look at the highlights in this game. We go back to the first period, and it all started, as most things do, when you get skated out of the building in a period. You needed your goaltender to stand on his head. Aiden Hill did that early with a big save on David Pasternak. Pass got deflected away. Marsham for Pasternak, and he is stood up by Hill. And the puck is underneath Hill as he slides to his right. Aiden challenging Pasternak, coming off a three-point game. Big save there to set the tone for the Golden Knights and the Boston Bruins, but Boston had all the pressure in the first period, and though Aiden Hill did well to keep them off the score sheet early, the Bruins cashed in on a breakaway chance for Morgan Geeky. Bruins get control of a loose puck. It's an area pass ahead, and a score for Boston. Morgan Geeky on the breakaway. 5.26 to go in the first period. 11th goal of the year for Morgan Geeky from Trent Frederick. 14-34 the first period made it one to nothing. Boston. The Bruins added to their lead 30 seconds later as Jesper Boquist ripped home a rebound. Out to the point. Shattenkirk shoots. Tipped on. Save with the left pad. Centering pass. Score! Boquist found it in front. Nobody could settle the rebound for the Golden Knights. Boquist positioned perfectly between the circles. Jesper Boquist, his fourth of the year from Jacob Lauko and Kevin Shattenkirk. 15-04 the first period made it 2 to nothing. Boston. The Bruins extended their lead to 3, 90 seconds later, as Morgan Geeky finished off a perfect pass from David Pasternak for his second of the period. Bruins back ahead. Pasternak looks to the left and a shot. Score! 3 nothing Boston. 3.06 to go in the first period, and the Bruins have cashed in on three consecutive shots on goal. 12th of the year, second of the game for Morgan Geeky from David Pasternak and Danton Heinen. 16.54 the first period made it 3 to nothing Boston. So the Bruins would take that 3 nothing lead into the second period, and you hoped that Vegas would be able to slowly chip away at that three-goal deficit, and that's exactly what they did in the second period as Paul Cotter batted a puck out of midair to get Vegas on the board. From the left, a shot is knocked into the goal out of midair. Paul Cotter swats it home, and the Knights are on the board, trailing 3-1 two minutes into the second period. Seventh goal of the year for Paul Cotter from Nick Waugh and Shea Theodore. 148 of the second period made it 3-1 Boston. The Golden Knights cut the Bruins' lead to one goal four minutes later when Alex Petrangelo outwilled everyone in front of Boston's net to score his fourth of the season. Boiled down to his knees. Carlson and Brisson forcing it in. He breaks through, beats Marcia so. Jonathan can't get a shot off. Now he does. It rolls on net. Petrangelo, three tries. He scores! Alex Petrangelo, relentless from Marcheseau and Brisson, and the Knights are within a goal.
Alex Petrangelo at 657 from John of the Marshes and Brendan Brisson made it a one goal game three to two Boston. After a power play sucked the momentum from Vegas, Morgan Geeky completed the hat trick on a perfect deflection. Puck comes to the side of the net and the Bruins have scored. It squeaks under Hill. Is it the third for Geeky? They're celebrating. And it will be Geeky who leads the celebration line. Morgan Geeky's 13th of the year, third of the game, hat trick goal from David Pasternak. And Matt Grizzlick, 1632 of the second period, made it 4-2 to two Boston. But the Golden Knights answered that goal just over a minute later as Chandler Stevenson set up Michael Amadio. Sends it behind Stevenson. Center is a shot. Amadio scores! Soft wrist shot from Mike Amadio, set up by Chandler Stevenson. Two Golden Knights crisscrossing in front of the goal. Once again, it's a one-goal game. 11th goal of the year for Michael Amadio from Chandler Stevenson and Braden McNabb. 17:46 of the second period made it 4-3 Boston. So the Bruins would take that one-goal lead into the third period, and they got their first look on the power play early in the third, but the Golden Knights would tie the game on a Chandler Stevenson shorthanded breakaway goal. Sends it behind Stevenson. Center is a shot. Amadio scores! Soft wrist shot from Mike Amadio set up by Chandler Stevenson. Two Golden Knights crisscrossing in front of the goal. Once again, it's a one-goal game. So that was Chandler Stevenson's 13th goal of the year, the shorthanded goal from Zach Whitecloud at 5.01 of the third period. It made it 4-4. to Then the Bruins would get another power play later in the period, and their second unit delivered on Mason Lorai's power play goal. Gets a return pass to the right, a drive, score! Mason Lorai gets it through Hill, power play goal. Boston takes a 5-4 lead. Mason Lorai, his fourth goal of the year, a power play goal from Kevin Shattenkirk and Charlie Coyle. 15-23 the third period made it 5-4 Boston. The Golden Knights would get another opportunity on the power play late in the game. They'd also pull Aiden Hill, but they'd come up short. And all that was left in this one was the final call. 2-1, and a centering pass is blocked away, and the Bruins hold on. It's a final in Boston. Bruins 5, Golden Knights 4. 5-4 to four the final. The Boston Bruins hold on to defeat the Vegas Golden Knights in regulation. Vegas 33-20-7, 73 points on the year. Next in action Saturday, 4 o'clock in Buffalo against the Sabres. We're back with more on the VGK postgame show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. VGK post-game show, the Golden Knights fall 5-4 to four in regulation of the Boston Bruins. I know I keep emphasizing that, but the way that the Golden Knights battled back, the tie game in the third period, you wanted at least a point, if not more, out of this game. It almost feels like the Golden Knights cheated in a way, not because of the penalty, that, that's not what I'm saying, but the ability to come back from three goals down to get the game tied in the third period, and then you you get that game-tying goal on a shorthanded breakaway goal. 
it just felt like the Golden Knights were going to get a point out of this one. So to not get one, that one stings. Obviously, Bruce Cassidy, not into moral victories. Danduva, not into moral victories. Gary Wallace, not into moral victories. I'm not necessarily into moral victories either, but I am I am looking at this game as something that maybe you pull a little bit more out of, right? Because we know what the Golden Knights are dealing with on the injury front. We know that perhaps you get Jack Eichel back. Mark Stone, he's out longer term than that. You still don't have some identity glue guys in Brett Howden or Will Carrier available. And you are relying on younger guys in bigger moments that they're not accustomed to at this league. It's you got to change the way you play a little bit, right? Bruce Cassidy talked about it after the game. No doubt he's talking about some of the younger guys, Brendan Brisson, Sheldon Rempel, Mason Morelli, those guys that you're trusting and, and entrusting in those moments and, and guys that are important to this team's identity for sure with these injuries. But it's a late penalty on the Golden Knights that, that proves costly. And I'm not pinning this on Sheldon Rempel at all. But what I am saying is that there are learning, learning moments, teachable moments, not just for guys that are getting the call up, but for everybody. 702-876-1340 is the text line. As always, immediate, instant reaction. Go to the text line. It's always open. It's always there for you. Patrick Merkel says, it's tough that no points come from this game. However, the way they battled back and made it a very fun hockey game is encouraging. On to the next one. I, I tend to agree with you. Again, it sucks not getting any points out of this one. You'd have felt a lot better about it if you did get points out of this one. But the Golden Knights turned a 3-0 deficit in the first period into a really entertaining, fun hockey game where they were right there against one of the best teams in the league. I know it's been touch and go for Boston of late, but the fact of the matter is that they were able to come back. They were able to battle back without Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, and all those guys in the lineup. That, that says something about this team. Scott Whalen, not a disappointing loss. I'd rather see this than a blowout. That's fair. I, I mean, you feel better about this game, obviously, than you did about the game Thursday night at home against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Absolutely, 100%. Sal Musto, one of the most exciting games of the season. Swayman played incredible the final three minutes of the game. Six on four looked dangerous. I'm proud that this team was able to come back despite missing Stone and Eichel. And this tough loss doesn't change the potential ceiling of this team moving forward. I think that's a really great point. You look at what the Golden Knights were able to do tonight in Boston against the Bruins, against one of the best goaltenders in the league in Jeremy Swayman, a guy that's getting Vezina consideration. They scored four goals and were able to battle themselves back into this game without your most dynamic offensive players in Jack Eichel and Mark Stone. There's, there's encouraging signs in how Vegas is playing. I'm not stoked about their start. I wasn't stoked about their start in Toronto, quite frankly, until they started to find their game. And I think that as you get deeper into this road trip, Buffalo, Columbus, wrapping it up, you have to be dialed in from the opening face-off. And that's an area of emphasis, I think, for the Golden Knights. If they were tonight, I think it's different. If the Golden Knights were dialed in from the opening face-off, I think that the result in this game is a different result. And even though they weren't, they were right there. We're back to wrap it up next on the VGK Post Game Show. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network.
back to the Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here on the VGK Post Game Show, the Golden Knights fall 5-4 to four in regulation of the Boston Bruins. Vegas 33-20-7, and 7, 73 points on the year next in action Saturday, 4 o'clock in Buffalo against the Sabres. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar. It was 3-0 Boston after the first period. The Bruins, in, in a similar fashion to a week ago at T-Mobile Arena, the Bruins skated the Golden Knights out of the building in the first period. But the Golden Knights found their game in the second. Score two goals, make it interesting. Boston goes up 4-2. to two. Then you get another goal in that second period to cut the deficit to one. Chandler Stevenson scores a shorthanded goal to bring you to 4-4 in the third period. Understanding that the Bruins hadn't won a game in regulation in 10 tries, had six games in a row go to extra time, seven of their last eight go to extra time. It felt like the Golden Knights were going to be able to get at least a point out of this one. felt like they deserved at least a point out of this one, but a costly power play or a costly penalty for the Golden Knights led to a power play goal from Mason Lorai, and that is the difference in this game. And the Golden Knights go back to the drawing board Saturday in Buffalo. That's going to do it for us here on the VGK Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show, your phone calls. That's next. You're listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. Thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network Post Game Show. For the station staying on for more game highlights, interviews, and your phone calls coming up next at 702-876-1340. Good night and thanks for listening to the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 5-4. The Boston Bruins defeat the Vegas Golden Knights in regulation. 702-876-1340. That's the number. 702-876-1340. Taking your phone calls. Moral victory. Like, I'm not into them. I'm not going to sit here and say that you should look at this as a moral victory by any stretch for the Golden Knights. Now, listen, if you're a fan, you can absolutely do that. Silver linings, glass half full. Like, I'm I'm all about it. Do what you want to do. But there is something to take out of this game, and it, it is simply the Golden Knights don't give up. And there seems to be at times with this team an inevitability about them. Usually when you have your full complement of players, they don't have that, and yet they still had that sense that even though they were facing a 3 nothing deficit, they had something working in their favor to get the game tied up. They were right there against one of the best teams in the National Hockey League. We have lines open. We're talking about a team that is still in a playoff spot, has gone on the road and gotten better and gotten closer. And I'm seeing a bunch of opinions in the text line. Pick up the phone and call in right now. If you call in, I'm putting you on the air. Don't care how long it goes. 
702-876-1340. Lines open right now. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Well, if you want moral victories, how about people that were casual or non-fans of the sport of hockey in 2016? That's a victory for us. For those of us who have are impassioned about the sport today, uh, that's something that you go, how does that happen in the month of February? This is a phenomenal sport. So I just want to shout that out to anybody who thinks, well, it hurts to lose. No, it doesn't hurt to lose. It, it, it hurts not to have hockey. It, it hurts a lot more in late June than it hurts in late February, believe me. But but getting back to this game in particular, I've never seen a coach have three opportunities to talk to his team uh, during a power play. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Mm-hmm. And it just worked out that way because he had two timeouts and a long break. And uh, so Coach Cassidy had every opportunity to try to work on that. Tell me one, one of two things I have for you tonight. Tell me the difference between a six-on-four and a five-on-three. They both occur from time to time in the course of a game. What are the nuances and the differences between the two? I, I mean, you have less space to work with. That's number one. Like, it's more compacted in terms of what's going on on the ice because you, again, don't have extra time, extra space with, with more ice available to you uh, as you would at, on a five-on-three. And, and I think that because you don't see those scenarios as often – it tends to be, in my estimation, a little bit more chaotic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you'd rather have a five-on-three than a six-on-four? I'd rather have whatever is in front of me in the moment. Okay. No particular thing uh, to say about that in, in specifics, but we did have the six-on-four tonight and did not convert. I, I wonder about the trade deadline in one week because tonight 10 different VGK players we're on the score sheet. Mm-hmm. Does that mean Kelly McCrimmon will be less inclined to trade, or does it change anything in his thinking? I, I don't think the fact that you had a productive night from multiple players changes the line of thinking for Kelly McCrimmon going into the trade deadline. And, Mike, thanks for the call. I guess what I mean by that is if you're Vegas, what's the goal? What's the goal? It hasn't changed, right? Like, the goal coming into this season wasn't to make the playoffs and see what you can do. It's to make the playoffs to win. And the way that I view it is, you know that you're getting Jack Eichel back soon. At least it's looking that way, right? Like, he practiced today. You get Jack Eichel back into the fold. That makes you a better team. Just does, automatically. But... If you don't have Mark Stone available to you, and we don't know what an updated timeline is on Mark Stone, but if you don't have Mark Stone for the rest of the regular season or it's going to be a while and there's an opportunity to improve this team to get them to that end goal, Kelly McCrimmon's going to take it, as he should, as he's done every year, whether it be in the offseason, whether it be in the regular season, doesn't really matter. If there's an opportunity to push Vegas closer to the end goal and the end goal is winning another Stanley Cup, Kelly McCrimmon's going to take it. Let's go back out of the phone line, 702-876-1340. That's the number. Bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing, Ian? Oh, I'm good. So I understand that the coach and Dan and you don't do moral victories, but 
I'm a fan. I dedicate all of this time to this because I enjoy it and it gives me joy in life. So I'm 100% going to take some moral victories out of this. Um, this is a game where they could have just kind of let it finish, right? Mm, yeah. Down 3 nothing in the first. They didn't. They fought back and tied it. And that's huge, um, especially for a team that there's people who all the time on Twitter keep saying, like, oh, nobody's trying. They're not putting any effort in. This team doesn't care. This team does not like losing. This team is going to fight to the bitter end in every single game. And we saw that again tonight. They, I personally felt like they played hard enough in the second and third to earn at least a point from it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it didn't happen today. But not always not going to happen. Yeah, you know what, Stephanie? You're, you're absolutely right. And thanks for the call on this. Um, there have been plenty of times this year, specifically in the first 12 games, where the Golden Knights probably didn't deserve a point, let alone two. And they got them. Tonight was a night where the Golden Knights deserved at least a point out of this game. They didn't get it. Sometimes hockey is like that, but I'm more encouraged by their response and how they played in the second and third period than anything else. So you want to call that a moral victory, like that's totally fine with me. Um, The not trying stuff, like let's stop with that. Obviously, it wasn't a good first period. Obviously, the Boston Bruins are a really good team. They controlled play in the first period. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get to your game plan. When Vegas did, you know what they proved? That they're a pretty good team, too. And when you have two good teams on the ice, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, and that's the way hockey goes. 702-876-1340, that's the number. We got lines open. Seth, you're on. How's it going? Hi, how are you doing today? I'm good, bud. Tonight, I should say, now. Yeah, yeah I'm good. Uh, just, uh, I, I took quick... Uh, two quick questions that kind of feed off each other. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously with Stone out, uh, we kind of need a scoring winger. Um, one, I was wondering if you'd heard anything about Dorfiev yet. And two, um, you know, I, I would never want to include him in a trade. Have you heard of anybody asking about him in like a Gensel type deal or something like that? Because I would never want to trade him. We just have we haven't heard much about him at all um, on the injury front. So just wondering if you heard of anything and uh, and, and which winger you would target in, on the trade market if that hasn't been covered too many times tonight already. Yeah, you know, Seth, that's that's a good call. Thanks for it. Um, on Pavel Dorofiev, there hasn't been much outside of kind of the latest update prior to the road trip, and that was that he has not made as much progress or really any progress on his upper body injury. And we all kind of understand what the injury is for Pavel Dorofiev. He played against the Rangers in New York, took an elbow to the head from Jacob Truba. Truba was subsequently suspended. And Dorofiev just hasn't been able to get himself back to a position where he's healthy and able to play. So I haven't heard an update outside of not making progress. That was probably about a week ago, somewhere in there. Um, and then obviously with the team out of town, it, I don't expect or I don't believe that Pavel Dorofiev's on the trip. So that's kind of the, the biggest update there. Now, from having said that, I haven't heard anything in terms of like players that are available. I don't ever honestly like to get into that type of speculation with this team. But you did ask me about wingers I'm, I'm interested in or, or scoring wingers that I'd target or whatever the case may be hypothetical trade or hypothetical player that that I'd like. I've mentioned Frank Vetrano a couple of times. Kid scores goals. 
Like he he scores goals. And listen, I, I know that there are some detractors that will talk about defensive play, all that, yada, yada. I don't care. He scores. And if you're looking at a top line where you're trying to inject some of that scoring touch, there's a higher premium you might pay on a player like Jake Gensel. But I think Frank Vetrano could get you essentially what you're going to get out of, out of Gensel. So, you know, in my book, I'd go Vetrano or a player of that ilk. Um, that's kind of where I'm leaning. All right, let's go back out of the phone line, 702-876-1340. We have lines open. If you call, I'm putting you on the air, I promise. Johnny, you're up. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Um, I, I hope I don't go over some of the same ground. I was on hold and I wasn't listening to the radio, so forgive me if I cover the same ground. Mm-hmm. But I just want to make a general statement. You know, tonight's game could have been uh, a season shifter. You know, beating the Bruins in Boston Garden would have been uh, an incredible feat, but uh, they came a little short. And uh, I'm just really concerned because, you know, last year we had a lot of adversity. We had a lot of injuries. But we somehow found a way to rise above it. We put together a nice winning streak after the All-Star break. I think everybody was looking for that same magic again this year, and it just doesn't seem to be happening. Um, every team we play, you know, it's a tougher hill right now, right? Because every team we play gears up for the, the defending Stanley Cup champs. They put in their A goalies. They rest their players up. They get ready for us, and it's a tougher battle every game we play. Uh, my concern is if we don't get something going, you know, we're in the most competitive a conference of all of them, and uh, if you take away the first ten games of the season, uh, we're barely a 500 team. You know, so I'm I'm really concerned, and I hope we can make the right moves, pull the right strings, get the right inspiration to get back on it. What we need is a good eight or nine game winning streak. Uh, I think it's I think we can do it. I just think it's going to take a lot of fortitude. Your yeah, thoughts? I I mean, my thoughts are, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for the call, Johnny. Uh, I think that you're looking for. A streak, 100%. If you're the Vegas Golden Knights, you'd love to rattle off six of seven, seven of eight, something like that, or, or go seven, two and one in a, in a 10 game span. When you talk about last year after the bye week and the All Star break, they got healthier. When you look at this year after the bye week and the All Star break, they've they've gotten more banged up. Like again, I'm 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 trying to understand where the expectation is with this team. Again, when you've got four guys that would be Henderson Silver Knights if everyone's healthy in your lineup night in and night out, one of which, Brendan Brisson's playing on your top line. He's been good, but he hasn't contributed in terms of scoring goals. When you're playing top line minutes with Carlson and Marcia, so you need to find the back of the net. It's, it's tough, but it's true. And so I feel like maybe we look at what can happen when Jack Eichel gets back into the fold for Vegas. Can they go on a run then? Can they go on a run if they get Brett Howden back or Pavel Dorofiev back? Can they go back on a run if Will Carrier is in the lineup? Like we're not we're looking at them as as saying, okay, maybe just maybe they need a a stretch like that for sure. But I think they also have to get healthy. They're starting to turn a corner in how they play. Now it's about injecting a little bit more talent, or at least more talent that's used to playing at the NHL level and playing at a high, high level there, too. 702-876-1340. There are lines open right now. We're going to take a break. Call in. Pick up the phone. If you never called in before, now is your chance. It's the Extended Post Game Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas, 702-876-1340. That's the number. I'm seeing lots of opinions come in on the text line, but what I'm looking for are phone calls. 702-876-1340. That's the number. The Golden Knights erase a three-goal deficit after the first period. Not a great start for Vegas in this game, obviously. And then they go on to tie the game 4-4 in the third, only to lose with about five minutes left, more or less, on a power play goal from Mason Lorai. 702-876-1340. We have lines open. If you call, I'm putting you on the air. Let's go out to the phone lines, bring in Javier. Hey, Javier, how you doing? Hey, not too bad, Ryan. How are you? I'm good, man. Yeah, good. Um, so, uh, I mean, I understand, you know, moral victories are a little tough, but, I mean, I feel like there's definitely definitely some things to take away from tonight's game. Um, I feel like from building on uh, last game where uh, they were able to get uh, revenge from Toronto because they were able to find a formula that started working. And I think that, like, that was kind of one of those games that you had to kind of watch, like, with a bated breath because, you know, you have to look back at the other game where they were, uh, you know, just beaten down. But, uh, and one wouldn't wonder, like, whether or not all these smokes now they're playing in their yard, are they going to be able to bounce back? And they did. They were able to find something that, uh, you know, they, they were able to take the game over and really just uh, make it their own. And so now you're going up against another high-caliber team, the Bruins. And, of course, you have the rocky start. And perhaps that's probably nerves because they probably realize that they're going up against these one of, if not the top team in all of uh, in the, the whole league. So I, it, obviously the start wasn't great, but it was one of those things where they were able to essentially kind of put a formula together and start, uh, you know, tilting the ice a bit uh, in their favor. Of course, you have a few goals that get in the way of that, but nonetheless, they still are able to find something no matter being down 3-0 or, you know, being up. Like, it, they're able to finally get something going. And so, um, you know, I, I am a little relieved that I didn't have to tune away after being down 3-0. I am glad I was able to, you know, stay tuned in and listen in to uh, Dan and Gary and, your, and you as well um, throughout all three periods and say, okay, wait a minute. There's something going on here. They are trying to figure it out. And they need it this time of year because we're getting down to the, down to the wire. We're trying to figure out where teams are going to be positioned, you know, come playoffs, you know, who's going to be in, who's not, and where are they going to be placed, where are they going to face. And so it's one of those things, but yeah, you got to fight for position, but and people are starting to write the nights out. But I think now, like, they're trying to, uh, find their form despite being uh, down some players. So uh, I, I feel like they're going to be able to really uh, find their way, especially Jack Eichel come back soon. I think they're really going to find their way and you really start taking off. Yeah, thanks for the call there, Javier. I, I appreciate it. I think there's a couple of ways you can look at it. I, you, I think you learned something out of this loss, out of this game in particular from Vegas. Like, yeah, things went right against Toronto. You love the way that they played. It was strong, connected. Like, you'll take that game all day long. But there's something to be said for 
being in a 3 nothing hole against one of the best teams in the league, battling out of it, getting this game tied up in that third period, and being right there. Now, you can take something from that, absolutely. Now, for the Golden Knights, a team that's already won it, you're not necessarily looking at it that way, but I, I do look at this as an opportunity in front of Vegas. We all looked at this five-game road trip. All right, if you go 500, that's great. Golden Knights have three out of the out of a possible six points at this point. A win, and they're there. And they've got two games, Buffalo, Columbus. If the Golden Knights find a way to consistently play in Buffalo and Columbus like they did for the entirety of the game in Toronto and the final two periods here tonight against Boston, the Golden Knights are going to go better than 500 on the road. I'm telling you that right now. If they play to that identity, they will have a very, very successful road trip. Time will tell if they get there, but that's what I'm seeing from the Golden Knights right now. They're finding their game. Now they got to dial in the consistency. We're back to wrap it up next on the extended post-game show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Wrapping it up here, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Golden Knights fall 5-4 to four in Boston to the Bruins. Regulation loss for the Vegas Golden Knights, 33-20-7. and 73 points on the year next in action, Saturday, 4 o'clock against the Buffalo Sabres. And then wrap up the five-game road trip on Monday, also a 4 o'clock start against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think you look at this one in a couple of different ways, obviously. Got to start better. That's one of the things the Golden Knights are going to have to work on on Saturday in Buffalo. But the resolve, it's championship medal right there. It's what it is. And for the Golden Knights, unfortunately, they don't pull a point out of this one. They don't get two points out of this one. But they do battle back. They do prove that over 40 minutes in this game, they were better than the Boston Bruins. That's something you should, as a fan, Keep in sight as well. That's going to do it for me here on the Extended Post Game Show. Thanks to Bobby Machado, making sure everything sounds great, keeping us on the air. And thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It is your post game show. It's not as much fun without your calls and your input. Until Saturday, have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the Extended Golden Knights Post Game Show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.